As the phrase goes, the first casualty of war is truth. Even though there are no guns pointed at us, make no mistake, Canadians are at war, fighting for their freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and way of life. Never before has so much of our lives been under the supervision of the current federal government. No matter what side of the political spectrum you see yourself on, you should be concerned about any attempts to control what you see and share on any online platform. Even if well-intentioned, that control is indeed censorship. How did we get here? What are the experts saying? All that and more coming up. Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. We are currently living in a war of ideas, a war of words. Language and facts are pulled and twisted out of context at an alarming rate. The political correctness train jumped off the tracks long ago, and Canadians are finding themselves increasingly disconnected from the virtue signaling of our governing class. The elites say we're fighting climate change, racism, a history of genocide, and inequity. But the solutions they propose don't actually solve those problems. They just shine a spotlight on them repeatedly. Policies that compel speech or redefine terms like offensive go way beyond what a democratic, classically liberal government should do which is to champion freedom of speech, diversity of thought, and serve the people they represent. In our ever-increasing digital world, the internet is indispensable for entertainment, learning, music, and art. But what about our democracy? Have you ever given that some thought? How important is it to you to be able to debate and question policies and demand accountability from all levels of government? Just imagine if your ability to hear a diversity of opinion on important matters of public impact was slowly taken away. That's censorship. That's the fabrication of an echo chamber. Bill C-10 was introduced in 2020, but died on the order paper due to the snap election called the following summer. Bill C-11 is the same piece of legislation, just version 2.0. This is a must-pay-attention-to legislation for all Canadians, particularly if you're a person who likes and agrees with the current government, which is absolutely your right. You should be mindful of the sweeping powers Bill C-11 doles out. Once passed, those regulatory powers would still be in place when a new government, one you may not agree with as strongly, gets into power. I'll give you a second to let that sink in. Censorship is evil. Freedom of thought, belief, and speech are the most fundamental because they are the genesis for all other freedoms. To think, speak, and act on our own conscience as individuals is absolutely vital to our health and strength as a nation. There's a long history of people in power, kings and queens, all kinds of people, dictators, trying to control your speech and ultimately trying to control um, the way you think, and, and really trying to shield themselves from criticism. And this is all wrong. This is not in keeping with our traditional tradition of, of classical liberalism. And quite frankly, it's dangerous. And it's absurd. It's delusional. And I would say that 
um, we're very concerned about C11. Um, free speech is important for our society. It has numerous benefits. It, it, it's, it's important for the free flow of ideas and the search for truth. And just because we are offended by what someone says is not a sufficient test to stop free speech. And this has happened many times before in history. And what we've got to realize that as Canadians, this is a sign of quite frankly, tyranny. Anyone who knows anything about this technology in the background realizes that this is not going to work. And for those opportunities then to control algorithms, it will end up being the state that is the biggest problem and enemy of free speech. This bill, also called the Online Streaming Act, passed through the House of Commons on June 21, 2022, by a vote of 208 to 117, just before summer break. Now, the Senate gets to deliberate on Bill C-11. As of filming this, the Senate has not yet reached a conclusion or released amendments. In a few minutes, I'll be sharing what kinds of questions senators of all political stripes are asking. Let's begin examining the topic of online censorship by asking some key questions about Bill C-11. Why would anyone wish to regulate the internet? It is, in fact, the modern public square. Let's start with the highest moral assumption. Is it to protect children and other vulnerable individuals? No. That isn't one of the claims of the current government who proposed this bill. And laws already exist in our criminal code to remove and prosecute those despicable acts of abuse being perpetrated online. Okay. So is the goal of this bill to influence, or should I say skew, popular culture? Perhaps. Bill C-11 amends Canada's Broadcasting Act, which provides the CRTC with its mandate to regulate the Canadian broadcasting system, cable, TV, radio, etc. Bill C-11 is also intended to support Canada's creators, artists, and creative industries, and ensures that Canadian music and stories are available and accessible. If the problem is that Canadian content needs a bit of promotion, the solution as proposed in Bill C-11 gives the government sweeping powers far beyond the scope of that problem. If Bill C-11 passes in its current form, the CRTC would be given an immense regulatory scope with almost no limitation. Just to give you an idea of the sheer volume of assets that belong to the online streaming world, let me share this. As of February 2020, more than 500 hours of video were uploaded to YouTube every minute. This equates to approximately 30,000 hours of newly uploaded content per hour. That's only YouTube. It doesn't even account for some of the other popular streaming sites or social media platforms. How could a regulatory body successfully and fairly regulate this amount of worldwide content? Answering to these criticisms, CRTC Chairman Ian Scott said in a speech on a Toronto University campus this past spring, the CRTC 
has a long history and a strong track record of implementing effective policies and adapting its approaches over time to meet the evolving needs of Canadians. The article in National Post goes on to read, Some have warned that the bill in its current form leaves too much up to the CRTC to figure out such as how to define an online broadcaster or content that makes a meaningful contribution to Canadian culture. Scott refuted that by saying the danger lies in being too specific as it becomes a static document that can remain as is for decades. Scott later said the CRTC would follow the same approach it always has to policymaking, holding public consultations to gather evidence. We will need everyone's help to design the new regulatory framework that will be needed to implement Bill C-11. He said, because we cannot simply apply our traditional approaches of regulation to the online world. Okay, so the CRTC wants the bill to be left vague because keeping things up to date and specific takes too long in our current government bureaucracy. And not to worry, they can totally handle it, but they want public input on how to do so. To wrap one's mind around that logic requires many mental backflips. A bright spot may be that Scott said his team will take a light-handed approach. No matter how you slice and dice it, regulating online content for Canadians to consume and produce is a huge undertaking. No doubt creating more jobs in the public sector. Does anyone want to take a guess at how long it'll take for subscription prices to these streaming services to increase as a result? Technology is powerful. Algorithms do prioritize certain videos and bury others. This is how things go viral. It's the power of the masses. The more it's watched, the more it's discoverable. So there is no debate that having some level of control over web content will in turn control the flow of information and ideas that Canadians are exposed to. We've already seen this type of censorship take place during the pandemic public discourse. Why not let people decide for themselves? What exactly are the elites so afraid of? Is the purpose of legislation for money? Most definitely. In a few minutes, I'll be highlighting one of the conflicts of interest surrounding these proposed policies. Perhaps the accusations of censorship are bloated and distorted. When faced with something like this, a wise person looks at the track record of those involved. Bill C-11 is coming from the same government who used terms like unacceptable views and fringe to describe people who didn't agree with just a few of their policies. I think it's safe to say that currently in Canada, some freedom of speech is appreciated and some isn't. We see all throughout vague language, some contradictions. At times it's fairly poorly written. I'll give you one example. My concern with C-11 is that it could do more harm than good. Edmonton MP Ziad Abeltaif was vocal in the House of Commons about his concern with this bill. On the podcast Blueprint, he reiterated his views. Internet is not broadcasting, it's widecasting. And that's why when you try to control that, you're telling a lot of people, I control what you watch and I control what you share. I don't know how they're going to do that. But just having the idea of trying to censor free speech and control what people watch and what people share is scary. If the internet is a democratization of thought, this bill is the opposite. 
Canadians need to be more aware of this bill. It's a direct attack on free speech and freedom of Canadians in general. This is just another step by the government to interfere in the lives of Canadians. Neither the Liberals nor any government, regardless of your political stripe, can be trusted to be neutral referees of what is preferred speech and preferred content. Even while on summer break, the Senate was already receiving input on the highly contentious legislation. Digital Media Association, which represents YouTube, Amazon, Spotify, and other companies, asks the Senate to pause, stating that the wording is so vague, this bill could have disastrous effects for both users and companies. Imposing this antiquated system onto innovative streaming services in an era of consumer choice is the wrong approach. It's that vagueness of language that should be so concerning. It leaves a lot up to interpretation after it has become law. And who will be doing this interpretation and implementation? The CRTC is an appointed body. They are not elected. Most people, I think, would agree that the promotion and support of Canadian content is a laudable goal. It seems, however, that this bill may not achieve that aim. The revenues that you'll be collecting, where is that going? Is it going in back to creative services for production of more content? I'm sure uh, the department, I'm sure the minister uh, is receiving as many letters as uh, thus as we in the Senate are receiving. And, uh, you know, inundated, it would be uh, understating the number of letters that have come in. Majority, of course, are saying, are expressing concerns with respect to this bill infringing on their right to select, their right to... Uh, uh, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of selection, things of that nature. How would you suggest that we as parliamentarians respond to folks who have expressed concerns about their rights being infringed upon? The CRTC is bound by the Charter. Freedom of expression is obviously something that's you know, guaranteed by the Charter. Um, and, you know, there have been a lot of markers put down in the bill to make sure that it's applied in a consistent way. Industry group Digital First Canada told the government in an open letter in March 2022 that the language of the bill doesn't match Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez's promise that digital creators would be excluded. As currently drafted, the bill will still allow the CRTC to regulate the content of digital creators and control how platforms show content to Canadians. The group said Bill C-11 hands the CRTC sweeping new authority, including the power to regulate professional social media content, which is defined so broadly that it could include all content posted by Canadians to their favorite platforms. According to the Association for Reformed Political Action, small Canadian content creators will suddenly be subject to a plethora of rules and regulations that they are ill-equipped and under-financed to properly engage with. Small content creators will face many more hurdles to being seen online by other users. Asking us all to sign up for the game without knowing the rules of the game is uh, a little in concerning um, because it, it, it will affect uh, potentially every single Canadian that uses the internet. Uh, I, I want to try and come back on the Canadian content question because this is, your point system is already confusing and, and um, a little messy and 
and it allows what would be considered um, foreign content in as Canadian content and vice versa. So we are being asked to give a government-appointed body the power to decide what material will be promoted online and what material will fall down the, um, the scale there based on Canadian content, Quebec content, Saskatchewan content, I'm not sure what. When and how are those rules going to be defined more clearly? Is that too after the fact? Morgan Fortier, the CEO of Skyship Entertainment Company, which boasts tens of millions of YouTube subscribers, billions of views, and dozens of employees in Toronto said in a formal testimony, Bill C-11 is not an ill-intentioned piece of legislation, but it is a bad piece of legislation. It has been written by those who don't understand the industry. This bill, along with other compelled speech and hate speech laws, are a slippery slope for any government to use taxpayer dollars to control more of what we see and how we consume it. It puts levers in place that can be easily used if something viral becomes even a little bit threatening. Again, I'll remind you, we are in a fight for common sense, freedom of speech, and the original principles of freedom that have governed this country since 1867. As renowned economist and author Thomas Sowell says, one of the most dangerous trends of our times is making the truth socially unacceptable or even illegal with hate speech laws. No other free country in the world regulates internet content in the way Bill C-11 proposes. It is largely designed to save the legacy media. The government website states, Increasing competition from online broadcasters is leading to diminishing revenues for the traditional services. This is jeopardizing the financial stability of traditional Canadian cable and satellite companies, channels, and radio stations. These trends have accelerated during the pandemic. As a taxpayer and a consumer, you might also like to be reminded that only 42% of Canadians say they trust most news most of the time. According to the digital news report released by Reuters, this statistic has pegged trust in the media, otherwise known as the legacy media, at its lowest point in seven years. This is the industry the bill wants to stabilize, the legacy media, the industry that is struggling to keep viewers and losing credibility by the week. Michael Geist, one of Canada's foremost experts in this area and a vocal critic of the bill, points out that the government is intentionally helping traditional media. Broadcasters such as Bell and the CBC were already vocal proponents of the bill. When the minister responsible for regulating the sector calls on the same sector to lobby his government and the Canadian public in support of his own legislation, the wall between regulated and regulator is obliterated. A conflict of interest involving billions of taxpayers' dollars should concern all Canadians. Bill C-11 much like Bill C-10, has been touted by the government as a measure to ensure that large foreign streaming services contribute to the Canadian cultural sector. But foreign money 
is now the largest source of funding for English language film and television production in Canada. And according to a Netflix presentation released under Access to Information, it has funded multiple productions that would qualify as Canadian content under every metric other than the fact it retains ownership. Geist later summarized Bill C-11's premise in one sentence on his website. Anything or anyone that generates revenue needs to give some of it to those that don't. So, what about diversity of thought? After all, that's why it was Pablo Rodriguez, the heritage minister, who proposed this bill in the first place, right? Among other things, this bill claims to specifically serve those of indigenous nationality and racial minorities, such as black and people of color. Again, Due to the vagueness in wording, it's impossible to figure out exactly how these groups benefit from online censorship. The inclusion of language like gender expression in the bill raises questions about how far the government will be willing to go in regulating content creators it disagrees with. The truth is, we just don't know yet. Implementation can roll out in a number of ways. The question is, will the criteria really be based on how most Canadians feel? Or will they be based on arbitrary narratives that elites and private sector cronies want you to believe help the greater good? Bill C-11 states, through its programming and the employment opportunities arising out of its operations, Bill C-11 serves the needs and interests of all Canadians, including Canadians of diverse sexual orientations, gender identities, and expressions, and reflect their circumstances and aspirations, including equal rights. The pages of history tell us that censorship and government regulation has never produced a better quality product, more ingenuity, or a more thriving market. The exact opposite is true. Government red tape and oversight can act like a quicksand, slowing down the wheels of progress and swallowing up the little guy who can't afford to fight the machine. This slows down the flow of money, too, of course. And who pays for that in the meantime? The taxpayer. Censorship is evil. I want to live in a country that empowers creative content producers, not taxes them to death. The current federal government's desperate attempt to intervene in a shrinking industry with a dying antiquated system of regulation is weak, and in my opinion, won't improve the lives of Canadians. If this bill passes, it will end up costing millions and contributing to a mountain of debt the upcoming generations are poised to inherit. The notion of regulating the internet and user-generated content like a broadcaster hijacks the convenience of online streaming and exploits minority groups as the reason to do so. I'm reminded of a quote by writer Wayne Gerard Trotman. Instead of loving people and using money, people often love money and use people. Don't just sit there and hope things will work out. Write your elected official and tell them as an intelligent Canadian, you want the freedom to watch whatever you want on the internet, no matter where in the world it comes from, including local Canadian content producers. Use the internet for what it is, a tool. Share this show. Support programmers you enjoy. Let your opinion be known. Tell Canadian senators that you disagree with this bill and why.
Let them hear loud and clear that Canadians want the freedom to choose and the freedom to enter the streaming marketplace without the interference of the government or their appointed censorship officers. Request today's reference material to get a few helpful links to write these letters and to read Bill C-11 online for yourself. You certainly don't have to agree with me, but you owe it to yourself to get informed and to make up your own mind about online censorship creeping into our lives. Do not let truth become the casualty of an algorithm bought and paid for by advertisers some of which are the governments themselves. Do your own research and speak up. After all, it's your right to do so. Let's all return to reason. You are an essential part of this series. Support truth, knowledge, and wisdom by sharing this show with a friend. Visit returntoreason.tv. There you can subscribe to my newsletter by clicking Become an Insider. Get the latest articles, episodes, and exclusive content. You'll be the first to know about fascinating conversations I've had recently and what my research team is working on. If you have a suggestion for the show or would like the reference material for this episode, use the link in the show notes. Experience Return to Reason. Get involved.